So as we move on with this topic of type 2 diabetes, when people are diagnosed with it, a question often is, is it reversible? Meaning, can you get rid of the disease? And the answer is yes, you can definitely get rid of the disease. So as many of you know, I'm a certified personal trainer. And if people become totally committed to weight loss, diet and exercise, there is a certain percentage of people that will reverse this disease. Now, not everybody, okay? Some people, their beta cells and other factors have burnt out and they don't have type 2 diabetes because they are obese. But let's just take the population with severe insulin resistance and severe obesity or even mild obesity in some cases, we know that population, a certain percentage of those people, won't be diabetic if they do everything right. Likewise, if you've been in the practice of medicine for any period of time, you probably have seen patients with type 2 diabetes that have been obese, that have undergone weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery, and some of those patients come off all of their diabetic medications, sometimes other classes of medications like hypertensive medications, but sometimes all of their diabetic medications become unnecessary if they had successful surgery. And while that is an important and hopefully late tool in the armamentarium, meaning usually we don't want to jump towards weight loss surgery as the first treatment, because to me that's like a cocaine addict stapling or super gluing their nose shut to try and beat the disease. And for some people, that's all we can do, right? I mean, we don't do that with cocaine addicts, but there are some people that they just won't or can't in some cases or won't exercise or be able to follow a diet for appropriate weight loss. At a very minimum, though, those surgical patients that have decreased intake of calories and as a result significantly decrease adipose tissue and insulin resistance prove when they do reverse their diabetes that this is a reversible disease. Now I have seen people reverse this with lifestyle changes. It can be done for a certain percentage of patients. And I suspect that percentage is actually very high, but it requires one key element, which is a lot of motivation and the willingness to change what you are doing that resulted in getting to the point where you're at right now. The growing epidemic of type 2 diabetes, and it is growing and it is an epidemic, is related to the lifestyle changes the human population has undertaken. We are in a really rare point in history where overnutrition actually is killing more humans than undernutrition. That is not the case in most of human history. That is the case now. And while this lecture series will focus a lot on medication treatment, and by the way, even if you're going to undertake lifestyle treatment, if your type 2 diabetes is very out of control, you may need a bridge, even if you're going to do everything right, 
for medication to help you in the short term. And some of those medications that are new also actually help with weight loss. So we'll be getting into that. And again, this is really a lecture series for medical professionals, though I realize sometimes it's other people that listen to this, but it's not really the intended audience. So what we know as medical professionals is people read something about medications and they decide they don't want to take it, which I get it for a lot of medications, but it's always interesting to us where we have smokers that read something bad about statins or cholesterol-lowering medications. They're like, oh, I read bad things or I had a friend who had a bad problem with that and they won't take a statin to prevent strokes and heart attacks and other issues. Whereas how much have you read on every pack of cigarettes and every article and every television show about cigarettes being bad for you and friends that have died of cancer or heart disease or lung disease or COPD or, you know, we can go down the list, yet you don't want to take statins. And we certainly see that problem with diabetes because for a lot of people with type 2 diabetes, they have not had significant symptoms or they're not associating some of the problems that they've had like skin infections or whatever to having the hyperglycemia and therefore like hypertension this can be a silent killer and not just killer but the microvascular complications of going blind and and things that don't necessarily kill you but can really adversely affect your life People need to take this seriously, and that's why we as medical providers, you know, your primary care provider, whether it's a physician or a PA or an NP, they are so gung-ho on trying to get your blood sugars into a reasonable zone because we know what happens because we have hundreds of patients with this disease that we've seen and the outcomes that occur are so serious. And so when we see this psychological block with patients where, oh, I don't really feel symptoms, so I don't need to take it, or I read this, that, and the other, as if you haven't read about the importance of increasing vegetables in your diet, the importance of aerobic activity, of lifting weights, of avoiding unnatural foods that come in boxes, in cans, in packages. So people choose what information they really want to absorb and utilize in their life and what they're going to throw out based on a lot of hypocrisy. I think that's just a human condition, by no means just diabetics, that's, that's all of us. But there's often not a lot of logical flow that's happening in that pick and choose process. And that's why physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs often spend a lot of clinic time just trying to convince people the importance of taking their medications, of being compliant, and why this disease, and it is a state of not being at ease when you start getting foot infections where you need amputations or going on dialysis because your kidneys are failing or having a stroke and being in a nursing home with your left side down and not able to walk for the rest of your life. 
in what I'm describing right there is not rare problems at all, as we know. We see that all the time. So while the ultimate encouragement is diet, exercise, and lifestyle changes, we really have to appreciate that in the beginning, that has to be an emphasis, but also there has to be an emphasis on the bridge of what we're going to do in the meantime to keep you from getting microvascular and macrovascular morbidities and mortality that ends up resulting from type 2 diabetes not treated well. And most people are not going to change immediately. They are going to hear what they want to hear. So they may say something in their head like, my doctor told me to eat more Taco Bell, which isn't what you told them. You just said, eat less McDonald's. And maybe your patient is listening to you and going to the gym, but it turns out that the time between their sets is like two weeks. And you've seen these people who think they're doing cardio at the gym, where really all they're doing is watching TV, standing up, walking very slowly. So reversing diabetes and a lot of other diseases that we are seeing that are related to lifestyle is definitely something to strive for. It's just you have to be practical about how quickly and how motivated somebody really is to do that. Okay, so I know I said I was going to talk about glucagon as the next lecture in my first lecture, but I will get to that. I just really wanted to address this point because I know that's a question in a lot of people's head right when you diagnose type 2 diabetes. And a lot of these people are going to get on Netflix and podcasts that are telling them, you don't need drugs for type 2 diabetes. And ultimately, that may be true for a lot of them. Again, there are going to be even exceptions to that. The people do everything right. They still should do the lifestyle because they may need less drugs and there will still be microvascular and macrovascular benefits to living a very healthy lifestyle, to dieting, to exercise. And I, I hate the word dieting because it's really a lifestyle. It shouldn't ever be a diet. It's something that you just adopt and it becomes a part of who you are and how you eat. And there are some people with mild hyperglycemia, mild type 2 diabetes, where that can be the very first thing that you jump into is lifestyle, exercise, dietary changes for the long term, and that may totally work. People may be motivated right off the bat and get it right. But for those that are presenting already with complications or hemoglobin A1C of 11, to think that right from the beginning, lifestyle changes is going to make everything fine, I think is a dangerous thought process. All right, so as these lectures move on, I'm sure I will throw in specifics about certain dietary changes for weight loss and exercise tips, and I've done many lectures, even on this podcast, just about exercise. So I don't want it to seem like I'm ignoring this topic or over-medicalizing diabetes. It is a medical issue. It requires medical care and Listen, if you have type 1 diabetes, it wasn't lifestyle-induced at all. Again, we're not going to be talking too much about type 1 diabetes, but the public has to be very careful in saying diabetes is totally reversible because there are types of diabetes that are not, 
as of 2018. And one of the things that drives type 1 diabetics crazy are these lay press articles or people thinking they understand diabetes when what they're really talking about is type 2. And it's a totally different beast. And that's why I even mention it because we don't appreciate how much I can drive someone batty if they're told by a friend or somebody who thinks they understand nutrition, hey man, if you just change things up, you'll be okay. And it's like, no, I've needed insulin since I was six years old because my beta cells were totally destroyed. So I can understand the frustration in the type one diabetic community about a lot of these issues. They're very valid. Okay, so with all these viewpoints now expressed, and I just had to get that all out there, we can now move on to the pathophysiology and treatment of type 2 diabetes. So I will catch you on the next round. Dr. Gil Perot, I'm out of here for now.